0: hey what's good people this is episode 95 this is the option podcast that guy over there that's aj that's adam johnson the episode starts right now How's it how's it looking out there in Texas is it warm is it cold well, is it it's, humid? It's, it's
1: it's on a little bit on the warm side so uh, average day out here is about 70 or excuse me 97 I wish it was mm-hmm. 79 but uh yeah. about 97 so today is a little bit uh we had some we have we've had some weather uh so it's been a little bit cooler it's about 92 93 today a little, little uh little humid though it's, it's all right though
0: cool man I gotta tell you something like anyone that's ever done a Google search, right? On at just the name Adam Johnson, you will oh, Be are, careful with that. You gotta you be careful the, with that one. I was gonna say first. you're the only good guy left. Name, uh, you're, there's one good guy, one one good Adam Johnson out of all of them I searched. Right, go ahead. Maybe,
1: I was gonna say the first one that pops up is that uh, professional soccer player who's a pedophile. Yes. Just yep. throwing it out there. That's not me, but uh, he's he got out of jail too. So.
0: Yeah. Yep. He was found. Um, there was another adam johnson that was found dead his head his severed head was on a park bench there the
1: other oh, if, you, at- if you go if you go to my uh <laughs> what is it one, one one it's not it's not um not linkedin but it's uh what's that other so, it, it, one yeah. of those things where it has a little bit of bio of me it says i died <laughs> in in 94 i believe
0: <laughs> that wasn't from the Allen Allen hit, right? For team from Team Cup volleyball. <laughs> no, I
1: don't. I don't think so. I'm still living from that thing. That thing's nothing.
0: No, nah, come Alan on, Allen. Who? Exactly. Actually, you you stood up with your arms folded and said, "Okay, you got me." But you you, I, I don't know. You, blunt force. I don't think you you care about that stuff. Um, I don't
1: even remember that. Maybe that's yeah. <laughs> maybe that's how hard he did hit it. And the,
0: and the other Adam Johnson took a picture of himself trying to take Nancy Pelosi's um. Uh, uh, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) That's, yeah, that's the other one. (laughs) Yeah. Some of my buddies posted up on their Facebook pages. They got, and then they, of course, superimposed my, my name and, or my face in there and said, Adam's up to no good. So.
0: Jesus Christ! I mean, you're like it wasn't me, guys. <laughs> I mean, cool picture. Whatever. I mean, the yeah, guy it, got himself in some me. hot water, but I mean, it was. I mean, he's talk about being in the middle of somewhere where no one wants to be. But yeah. So what? What club are you coaching out there?
1: Uh, out the knowledge. Adam Johnson Volleyball Academy. The it's ABA. uh, yeah. it's one of those ego-driven clubs. You know, I'm just trying to just trying to keep my name out there as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well. <laughs>
0: Listen. Before I got on the podcast, I talked to um, James Barker. That's that's my homie. That's my Republican mm-hmm. space ranger, but and bro- and brother from another mother. Sure. Um, also spoke to Riley Salmon, um, and everybody had some really really nice things to say about you as far as a club coaches as being a club coach is concerned. There to me, there are coaches who. Some of them turn into glorified babysitters, right? They recruit the best players, right? Uh, um, and they sit there and just make sure the teams don't beat themselves. Take a whole bunch of credit for their team, their players being good. I mean, the players were already good before they got there, for Christ's sakes. And then there's players who kind of do more with less, and there's kind of a mixture of both. You get a few good players, and then there's some players you are like, not. Nah this girl should be in our club. I see stars in my eyes. Um, and you fall into the ladder. How, how, stop me at any point. How, um, you have, you're building yourself a reputation of, of just taking talented players, making them better. And some players at some, some clubs probably don't look at and, and, and just creating good players. The floor is yours. Well,
1: you know, uh, my, my program is pretty small from that standpoint out here in Texas yeah you know, everything's bigger in texas of course yep and um you know when, when when tryouts come you know i'm not always getting the first and second pick of the litter i'm getting the third fourth and fifth pick of the litter uh so i, I actually have to do this thing called coaching uh so you know i coach these guys up um you know i started it's kind of i guess it's been about 14 years ago now um where out here if you know you didn't make junior nationals after our regional tournament that was the last chance that you had to get a bid your, your season was done so that was like the first weekend of may now coming from california i know that you know if you don't make nationals you either go to uh what used to be um uh the volleyball festival i don't know where that is now but you know it was like five or six days of volleyball so i, I went up there once and that was it but uh, need, needless to say, when I opened shop, um, a lot of – a lot, of, well, not a lot. All the programs kind of converted to what I was doing because the, the, the people running those other programs know who I am. They know what I've done. Um, to give you an example, everybody, all top teams, everybody just practiced twice a week. And like I said, if you didn't make nationals at, at, at the first week of May, you, you, your season was done. I came out, started practicing three days a week at least. Every one of my teams practiced three days a week, uh, and if we didn't make nationals, we went to AAU nationals. So we we our season was extended for another six weeks, and we played in the open division, you know. And you know, I got heckled around here a lot because my teams—I don't know if you could call them open level teams—but you know, we finish thirty-five out of thirty-six. You know, the first year we were one in 11, you know, and, and, and around here, everybody's saying, Oh, Adam's just trying to keep his name alive, you know, and, and using the kids as a, you know, bait for sharks and stuff like that. And, and I'm, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to get these guys better. That's all I personally know how to do play against the best. That's, that's how I get better. That's all I know. So I'm just, you know, kind of teaching them what I know helped me through my career. So, uh, you know, it, it changed immediately. Everybody started, uh, you know, practicing three days a week. Uh, it took a couple years for the for the programs to really go to uh, AAU nationals because everybody was USA volleyball, uh, and if you were frowned upon if uh, you went to AAU. So I, I had no problem with that whatsoever. Uh, I, I've gone to every every year to AAUs, and and I think it's a great tournament.
0: I mean, for me. What would be the purpose of you using someone for shark bait there? I mean, It wouldn't, I mean, why would someone even say that? Would it be for fun? Would it be for your ego? Would it be for, what the hell, what the hell would someone, what would be the reasoning behind someone saying something like that? Illogical or illogical?
1: Well, there's, you know, around here, I'm sure it's like this out in California, everybody's trying to beat everybody down, you know, and so that they can say something like, well, gosh, if you go play with him, he's just going to throw your kids to the sharks and, you know, whatever they're going to say. And that's kind of, and that's kind of where it started and all that kind of stuff. So, um, I, I, I just did what I needed to do. I, and my teams got better, you know, that, that team that went one and 11, the next year they went, uh, three and nine. And then the next year after that, they went six and eight, you know, and, and slowly got better because they understood and they bought into what I was trying to do. Right. It's, it's not about the here and now it's, it's where I can get you guys in the next couple of years. So, uh, it, you know, and and the kids didn't kids did mind, but uh, that that's just kind of how it was. And um, you know, anybody's going to say anything they can, you know, to beat you down or try and you know steal players from you or or, or whatever it might be.
0: There is nothing more liberating, and it, it took me a while to get to this point. And my guess is you you've um, for what you're doing, you're already at this point. There's nothing mm-hmm. more liberating where your brand like and your bottom line are completely separated. Like sometimes, I'll give you an example. Like your bottom line is how you make your money, right? The rug under your feet, sure. how you pay your rent, whatever, and this and that. Um, if if you own or whatever property tax, cat. We've all lived in California. We all get that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's why people move to Texas. Okay. Um, right. I mean, I'm look. I might move too, man. They say grace and they say ma'am. You know, I, I might do that too. Um, it, it's my mm,
1: kids. My I got very lucky with my kids. I'm not mm, saying that they would have uh, grown mm. up differently, but uh, of course mm. there would have been that. That, that element out there. So it, it, it all turned out, it turned out to be good kids.
0: So here's okay, so that's my bottom line. Brand um, would be you. It would be Adam Johnson, how you built your career as a player, your accomplishments there. that led that that led you into this transcendence into being into being a highly competitive and good coach. Um, and when something that has some something to say about you doesn't affect how you make your money, I love that you could care less. (laughs) I love love that you could care less. And it's a look, I'm there. I I could only I I was on the podcast with Riley Salmon and I said I put myself in a position where like my like there's nothing anyone that's going to do anything to me. Whether they hurt my brand, that's gonna affect my bottom line. I'm already good. I have a I have a nice place. My wife's with you know she's with a capital group. So so I mean he, like even right. if my world went to hell, I still I still land okay. And sure. it, and it gives you the liberty to 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 say what you want to say. It gives you the liberty to be more candid without cons uh, or what some people call consequences. You know like sure. like well
1: and yeah. and it's funny you say consequences right because. Uh, in the last, I'd say 20 years, you know, um, you know, I grew up in a different era than the kids that I'm coaching, of course. And we, we always do drills and I I don't know anybody that doesn't, but for some reason, you know, if, you know, if you guys don't win this drill, you have to run or you have to do jumps or you have to do something. And I noticed this, I don't know, gosh, I want to say probably 10 years ago. Uh, you know, a couple couple years into it, and and some of the parents are going, "Why are you punishing our kids?" And I'm like, "It's not a punishment. It's part of the drill. You know they they know they know what's going on, you know, and they know if they lose, they're going to have to do something. And if I'm them, I don't want to lose. Uh, I, I give you a perfect example um, when I was at SC. Uh, we had a drill where if the second team got 3 free balls down on us in a row we had to run so uh, the setter on the other team set the middle 3 times in a row and he, he beat our middle angle every time so we ran and then we get back out there and the setter sets the middle two more times and beat beats our middle blocker angle and I and I stopped the I stopped the drill and I go you know, I don't. I don't want to say who. It I was. want to run. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want what are y'all doing? I don't want to say who it was, but I was like, "He just beat you. This guy just beat you five times in a row on your angle. Do you think you can make an adjustment?" So, what do you think he did? Of course, he jumped way early into the angle. The guy hits the other way, and we have to run again. Oh. And so, I mean, you know, those kind of things are frustrating, right? Because I I feel helpless unless you know, unless I dig that ball up. But it's not, you know. I look at it as it's just part of the drill and, and, the, and there, there are, it, you can call them consequences or, you know, it, whatever you want to call it. It's not a punishment. It's just part of the drill. And 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 that's the one thing that I have gotten into my kids is that I'm, I'm trying to make you better. And this is how I believe, this is how I know through proven, you know, it's, it's proven that, that it worked. So that, that, that's all I have to say to them. And, they, and they're like, I get it
0: i think the the reasoning be, be uh, that that people are talking about oh it's punishment why are you punishing your kids and you're right it did happen around a decade ago i was a head coach at city college in like 2008 and I, I just asked, kept asking my kids, I did the miracle thing. If you ever saw that movie miracle, who are we? And they're like, we are the beavers? I'm not good enough. Back line, you know, who are we beavers? I only heard two of you back line, you know, and the, the AD was just like, you know, this is your friendly AD. Just tell me the reasoning behind this. I said, because they have to know that they if if they lose, this th- what they're doing now in practice pales into comparison how they would really feel if they lost in a real game you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying it builds competitive nature it makes you take that extra step because you know looming looming right behind you it's called pressure i don't call it punishment i call it pressure and and, well, and, and, and pressure is a add, good thing yeah Adam. And,
1: to add to, and to add to that i always kind of put the onus on them as well and i say how can i get you guys to win this drill yeah what what what, what what's going to, what is it going to take for you? Now, mm-hmm. my wife, bless her soul. Mm-hmm. She'll say, well, why don't you give them ice cream or something? You know, if they win, you know, like, uh, because I didn't get ice cream when I won. You, know, Screw I you got,
0: coach! I, like cake. I just,
1: I just was <laughs> able not to, I, I just, you know, for winning, you got to watch the other team run. Yeah. That, was, that was it. You know? And so I, I, you know, I think each individual, um, is kind of, we're definitely put together differently. And, you know, I I personally love to watch my opponents or, you know, teammates or whoever do extra work. Right. Yeah. That's just, I I don't know if it's a guy thing. I I enjoyed it. Well, I think,
0: and... and I think that's where it took a left turn. There were a couple of studies that came out that I guess were trying to show people how, like, why punishments don't work and this and that. But when someone tells me, studies show, I'm very, very skeptical, and I'm very, very careful. What study was it? How long was the study? What's the sample size? How many people participated in the study? Was it a 15-man team? No, it was nine. Was it men? No, it was women. Was it a D1 school? No, it was D2. Did you do the study in a month? No, it was two weeks. And I'm like, I'm sorry, studies show what? You know, so I think... I do have to give my due diligence to what studies show and give it, give it their attention. And and at the same time, see how it affects us. But at the, uh, at the end of the day, the scientist, Adam, uh, um, and people will disagree with me, but I I stick with this. The, the the scientists are us. We we're the ones that, that threw crap on the wall and see what stuck, you know what I'm saying? Find out what works, find out what we did before, why it works and this and that. And our experiment, is ever changing. Now, uh, we could talk about biomechanics and why, like, you know, like someone like Phil Dalhauser or or Lion King, the, you know, the goofy foot approach or the lefty approach, how it works against everything biomechanically. You had a partner, Jose Leola, who was a goofy foot and he's one of the best to ever. Play I, have, again. I have
1: this conversation yeah. exactly all the time because, I, you know, I work with, you know, I, I have juniors, I work with, uh, you know, adults <laughs> ages 22 to 50. Mm-hmm. And I got, I've got one of these groups right now where six of the guys have goofy foot approaches. Now, I, I, first of all, who am I to say which is what, what's right and what's wrong, right? I can just tell them, hey, this is what I do. Now yeah. I can give you the examples of Jose Loyola, Karch Karai, and Phil Bellhauser right there mm-hmm. that are goofy foot on the beach. Yeah, Dane, Dane's best okay. player, team. So, so But there are, there are certain ways to make that goofy foot work. Whereas they were, they were, you know, their, their last footstep was too, way too far ahead.
0: Ah,
1: So they had, to, you know, it, it took a long time. So it to limited
0: their range
1: this way. Yeah, exactly. Pivot, they're, so, pivot,
0: they're pivot footing a goofy foot.
1: Exactly. So if they're, if they're, if they're going straight up and down, huh. which is like what Jose and yeah. know, Karch and, and Dell did, then, then then it's fine. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to change everybody's approach just because of that. No. Indoors is a different story. Because no.
0: you need the range. You, you I, I need would to beat just, the two-man block.
1: And, and try and change. Perfect story. I had a, I had a girl. Uh, she was a freshman on my 15s team. Goofy foot middle, 6'1". Uh, probably could have gone to some pretty decent schools. Uh, went home, to their went to their house, showed them, showed them two hours of film of their daughter, talked to him for two hours. And I said, this is what you got to do. This is what I did, because I was a Goofy foot when I, when I first started. And back then this is the funny part in club. Uh, the coach told me, I'm not going to put you on the court until you fix it. Okay. And, and so I was like, well, I, uh, at, at 13, I've never sat on a bench in any of my sports that I've ever played. So, you know, I'm, I'm going through the motions. I'm doing, you know, I'm going right, left, right, left, right. You know, down the middle school hall, people are looking at me like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't want to sit on the bench. Yeah. Now, if I said that to a kid today, that parent would say, I'm paying my $7,000, $8,000. She's going to play, you know, which is, I, I agree. Yeah. And the coach told me, he goes, I'm just looking at your your end result. You're down the, down the road, not the here and now, because I was still hitting well and doing well and all that. Right. Uh, so, but I told this one girl, I said, for one minute a day, just one minute a day, just talk to yourself and, and just go right, left, right. But right. just one minute a day. Yeah. Eighteens comes around she's still doing it her parents are all upset she did not have scholarship offers and I'm like really yeah so you know it, it, it's it's definitely an interesting business
0: yeah well it's a quote mother Teresa one must participate in the <laughs> one one must participate in one's own salvation right sure. I mean the yeah. the it's not something you're you're gonna um learn and improve if you only go to practice like you said you were doing it in um in between you know in between classes right I was your, crazy I'm like yeah
1: Maybe I am, and maybe that's maybe that's what got me to where I am.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also about measuring the athlete. I was the head coach at Hunter High School in New York, and I had a kid as a sophomore in my middle. And sometimes when these kids are athletic and dynamic, good coaches miss it. You're just looking at the, the incredible jump. You're looking at the snap on the wrist, the range. And you're, And then somewhere uh, in the beginning of the season, like the whole preseason, you missed it. You're like, how did I miss that? And then you start yelling at your assistant coaches. I'm like, I got, I got three people here. I got team. managers. the assistant of You know, of, of, yeah. <laughs> of I'm like, dude, I, 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 I'm looking at a 16 person roster, man. You know, of course, I, no. But listen, if we as head coaches, we fall on that sort. I get that. But I, at that time, I was like, you, 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 instead of me. And he changed it by the end of the year. And the next year, came back a goofy foot. And I said, no, no, no. Come on, you're 16. Because you're, because when you when they're young. It's easier to change it when they're young. When you're when like Phil right now, like Lockheed, you know what I mean? Like, no, you know, Lion King, right? Samoy loves. Like, no one's going to come along and so say you need to change your steps. But so he comes back and we fix it. And then his senior year, he's a goofy fit again. I said, I right, just forget it. You know, and then he ended up hitting like 468. You know, good good numbers, even for a sure. middle. You know, middle numbers are always going to be higher end, and um and I knew he was like hell no, I don't want to play college ball. You know, I mean it was an academic school anyway. He 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 went to Lehigh, you know Run, my, my setter my setter went to Yale, my Oppo and and libero went to Brown. So it was Hunter High School, um not to be confused with Hunter College. Hunter High School was like this this hole in the wall academic, um, just killer school on Ninety Fourth and Park. Um, mm-hmm. Led the nation in cumulative SAT scores and Ivy League application acceptance. So, nice. if some of these kids are like, oh, nah, I, I just want to play now. I'm like, all right, let's do it, you know? But hey, 30, 38 and 1 record, man. Good team. 38 and 1 Not record. Bad. Not PSAL, bad at all. PSAL champs. Um, Madison Square Garden. MSG gave me coach of the year for that. That was in 2014. So, um, cool. that was my only high school gig. I, I've, I've just been club, college, and, and some pros. So, you, you played at USC. You were talking about USC. You had, a, you had a pretty three really good years, man.
1: Three? We had four.
0: You, well, yeah. Oh, that fourth year you won,
1: right? No, we, no, no, no. Unfortunately, no. Our first year we uh, we had a really good uh, recruiting class that came in, right? Uh, and we went from the year before we were we finished eighth in the in the nation, mm-hmm. and then that year we finished third, and then the next three years, unfortunately, we lost in the finals. We had the finals so. Yeah.
0: And then the year after you graduated, that's the that, year that after was, I graduated. That was the way okay, they let's want. get rid of Johnson. Okay, man. son, son, son <laughs> sons of bitches. How you know? There, there, how there's,
1: dare there's, them. We, we we had some very dynamic, you know, and, and it's a team. It's a it's definitely a team sport, mm-hmm. um, team effort, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the three, the previous, well, all all my four years, we really never had two legitimate middle blockers. You know, we had one guy that was maybe six five, and the other that was six two. Yeah, you know, just
0: I athletic think, and, and, undersized. Exactly. Right. And
1: so when I left, um, Tom Duke, and then I think it was Brian Ivy that came in, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, USC. He came in as a he was a senior in ninety or ninety one. So
1: Yeah, I think I think he came in as a freshman and won, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. But you know, here he, yeah, I mean, you have two solid middles, and then you got Jen Kai Lu, yep. who came in and took my spot, who apparently didn't lose a beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that right there is a pretty solid, pretty solid unit. So, yeah, man. uh, it's so all good for the rock
0: stars, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ivy, the first college game I've ever seen was on the, the NCAA finals. It was on, 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 on big two, big CBS. Mm-hmm. Um, And they played Long Beach State. And the standouts were Brian Ivey, I think Tom Selleck's kid was on that team, Nick Becker, Dan Greenbaum. Mm -hmm. Um, And they played a very, very agile, goofy foot named Brent Hilliard, uh, Long Beach State. Zach Small, Jason Stimpig. So that was that kind of generational thing. That was my very first college game. The first time I saw you play, team cup <laughs> team cup volleyball man in that, fact,
1: was, that was fun that was fun stuff
0: let me actually let me show everybody what it looks like first um, show a couple of players actually your team coca-cola for everybody watching the video he's they're the team in red
1: yeah I'm in the back on the right here
0: there's a little red set goodbye goodbye look
1: at that here dude
0: oh dude so so, for anyone who wants to know what the hell Team Cup Volleyball is, um, Team Cup Volleyball is basically the 10-foot line is like the 15-foot line or 12 feet, right? Or twelve. Yeah, nine. I think they pushed it. I think it was 12 feet. Right. They and one person from the back row was allowed to come up and block.
1: Everybody could. You oh, that's six, right. You could do you a six-man You could have six block. people blocking if you wanted. Uh, you just had to make sure that you stayed in the right rotation uh, for service. That was pretty much it, yeah, I and then and then remember remember who's in the front row when and where, where because there was plenty of times uh, when uh, you know someone wasn't front row but they were hitting front row. Oh, this is where Alan came Yeah,
0: <laughs> you're look, you're a bomber. They were trying to figure out like if they had to give up something, you know, like out of like in system. Right, even with four blockers, it's like we got. To, do we give this guy a line? But your wrist away was, was was ridiculous. You know, I mean, you made a you made a college career out of that too. You were a player of the year in 1986 uh, at USC. So, um, but at least USC got it, got it done. Listen, I'm a Buffalo Bills fan. All right, nobody knows about going to four four finals <laughs> in a row. <laughs> you know, I mean, you weren't there for that one, but at least at well, least was, they got I was, one. I actually I actually was there for
1: they, they were losing to Dallas, right? Yeah, in, in those times because yeah, Giants, was Washington,
0: right, Dallas, Dallas. Those
1: were in the, that was the early nineties bec- or early mid nineties because I remember we always would go to the, the Super Bowl, the AVP players. So I think I saw two or three of those.
0: Yeah, oh, you you played in one, right? You played in one of the Super Bowls, uh, um, AVP, right? Uh. Oh, who was it? No, it was um, no, 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 it was someone else. God, I, I'm trying to remember. No, they had a, they had a match at the halftime show like Oh you know yeah I mean, yeah a no no no. Yeah.
1: no that was at um I that was at Dodger Stadium no
0: Maybe I don't know I don't know yeah. But yeah,
1: we, we, we went to, I think, two or three of them, so I remember all those.
0: But for me, one like, look, for the Bills, like, if we were going to win one, it was going to be that right. first one. It was going to sure. be that first one with the Giants. They lost 20 to 19, but Bill Belichick had this stupid idea, like, in order for us to win, Thurman Thomas has to run for 150 yards or more, and they thought he was crazy, but it turned out he was right. Thurman Thomas ran for 186 yards, ran, basically ran roughshod on the Giants, but... Some, but bill was right and and number the numbers said that they were gonna win and i was it's like all about wow, the numbers good lord i was just oh so bad so rock star um career at usc of course where i mean the avp is a whole a whole chapter we're gonna talk about in this but i think i'm gonna go back a little bit further than that adam adam johnson why volleyball what the? What what got you into? What got you into, into volleyball? What what was it? Girls? Was it? Okay. Um, We're coaching juniors. You're right. Jesus, so we gotta so
1: uh, the volleyball club that I played for Laguna Beach Volleyball Club. Um, they they always had these clinics every Sunday, and you know my mom. You know, she she kind of she kind of pushed me into it. There was a couple other um, parents that were, were doing these with their kids, and my mom said, "Why don't you just go out and try?" Right. So I, I said, "Okay." So I went out and tried, and you know, you do it for six weeks and whatever. And then I then I noticed that there were some females there as well. And you know, I, I'm not going to lie, uh, Laguna Beach High School, my, the four years I was there, you probably had the best looking female team in the country you know, hands down. So, uh, you know, that, that was part of it. But I just enjoyed, I, I just really enjoyed the game because it was, for me, it was pretty tough to learn. And, you know, it's kind of like golf. Like you, you can always, you're never going to get, you're never going to be perfect, right? But you can always try. Um, and so it, it was a little bit tougher for me to pick up and and, and learn. So I think that's what really drew, drew, drew it to me uh, in the, in the, in the short term. Uh, and then, and then once, you know, I just continued it, it, it was something that, you know, I just enjoyed doing and I played four, four sports a, a, a year while I was in high school.
0: What high school? school. What high
1: and school? Sorry. Laguna Beach high school. Oh, cool. Okay. And when you were talking about your 38 and one record, we were on a 69 and 0 record.
0: Yeah. It was like two uh, years in a row, right. Of just yeah, like being undefeated. Yeah. yeah. And we finally
1: lost, but we ended up winning CIF anyways. So that was kind of you good know. that, you know, Got that monkey off our back, but um, so that's that's really why. And I honestly didn't even know I was going to be playing college volleyball until March, maybe of my senior year. Is that and I got my first letter, and they said, you know, I said, "Dad, what is this?" And they said, "Well, they want you to come play at their school. They want to pay for your school and all this." I go, "Okay." So I talked to my coach, and he's, you know, so I sent out some other. Just one quick good story. Um, yeah, I, I actually tried to get out of California. You know, I sent out, I sent to Rutgers, Ohio State, Penn State. I heard back from Penn State, and uh, um, uh, Tom Tate,
0: right, who was the coach yeah. at
1: the time. Uh, you know, said thank you, thank you, but you know, we only give uh, scholarships to you know impact players. Good luck. And, and at the time, I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not like it is today, right? If it, if it was today, I'd be like, oh well, you know, screw you and I'll see you and I'll beat you down and all that. You know, I just, I didn't, it didn't phase me. I was like, no. okay, like, I guess they don't want me. So that's cool. And so I, I and of course, long story short, I end up at, at SC. We end up playing them in the finals, I think, uh, or the semis of NCAAs. I think two out of the three years we beat them. And the first time, you know, he said, wow, well, I made a mistake. You know, <laughs> when I shook his hand under the net, and I just go, oh, well, you know, it's not, yeah. not, you know, people make mistakes. I'm not like going,
2: yeah, you
0: did. <laughs> no, all's well all's well that ends okay. Yeah. I mean yeah. it, it, was, it, yeah. it
1: was probably a blessing in disguise.
0: Yeah. So. Well the, to me, and this is a time tested thing, east east and west. When I look at west coast colleges, uh, um, I look at talent. When I look at east coast colleges, I look at coaches, who who the coach is. You know, because you can have a, a D two or D three coach with the right players I can beat any D1 team like Charlie Sullivan was doing some pretty good things at Springfield um, Rutgers was a very small men's program at the time it was D1 but it was tiny D1 um, I, I think I'm
1: I think I met Sullivan in in 2015 was he coaching yeah. that team then? yeah so I was doing uh, lacrosse player <laughs> uh, yeah I was doing some color uh, over in uh, Russia for the world university games yep and his team was representing the U.S. on the indoor side of things.
0: Yeah, Springfield. Yep. Yeah. Those guys yeah. were they – weren't, They
1: weren't that good for that particular event, but – No,
0: but bang for you your know. buck, you know, yeah. for what – I mean, you, look, you you, you can – No one else wanted to go,
1: so he took it. He took the event. He took it. He said, we'll go.
0: Good for him. You know, and yeah. I mean that season they took UCLA to five. They took Long Beach State to five. They 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 before they played their D three schedule, they, you know, had a kind of iron sharpening iron thing. They took a West Coast trip. They finished 0-3, right. but but everybody knew who they were. So and but to me that's just an example. Like um, like IPFW, good, you know, good coach. I think it was Lloyd Ball's dad, right? Yep. Um, um, um Rutgers had some just really good European players though. Some well, e was on that team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there was another another uh, team I'm spacing on right now. They mm-hmm. had, had a lot of European players. Yeah,
0: and then Jason Olive in the 90s, he had Uvaldo Katz on that that lefty. just, yeah, just a, wow, wow, just a killer team. So your high school and how you got in the volleyball said way to kind of like my next question. Um, I'm, I'm kind of in interview mode trying not to be we're just talking here but was there a particular tournament or a match where you left the match or the tournament and said that actually this is what I want this is what I want to do when I grow up this is I think I could be really good at this on a real so basically because. when you knew this is going to be what you were going to do was there a particular defining moment in club or high school
1: it, it, it's really hard to say because I almost, you know, I kind of look at it as I, I do when I play, I, I got to pass this next ball. That's all I got to do right here. And so, um, like I told you earlier, you know, I didn't know until March that I was going to play in college. And then in college, you know, I, I didn't know that I was going to have the career that I had. I just played my hardest and did, did everything that I needed to do. I mean, I, did, you know, World University Games a couple times during my years. I did, you know, junior national team, uh, trained with the national team during my time. But I still didn't say, ooh, I want to go play professional or I want to be a professional beach player or whatever. I said, you know, at that time, I, you know, uh, the national team was 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 my goal, you know. I, but after that, I was I had no idea what I wanted to do. So it wasn't like I, I always knew what I wanted to do. I just took it, you know, one day at a time and did my best. Yeah. And I, if I made it, I made it. If I didn't, I, you know, I didn't.
0: Yeah, no, nah, I feel you. Like, look, for me, it was after I graduated boot camp. You know, I was in the military and they had a military community team in Frankfurt, Germany. and. You know, I'm coming out of boot camp, best shape of my life. I learned how to play a little bit um, under the Creole guys. Like the um, Creole, like at, at the time, actually, kind of like around your time, late 80s, a team of pretty much all Haitians and Dominican guys, East Coast guys um, that, you know, they played in the Caribbean games. Very, very, very good players. So I learned under them and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> everything, everything I hit, <laughs> even when I miss, I couldn't miss, you know, right. I'm left-handed hitting left side. So, you know, it's easier on my shoulder, you know, you could do that all day. And right. I ended up playing on um, professionally in Darmstadt, um, Germany, two years. So, yeah. so, so for me, it was, it was after I, I joined boot camp, I, uh, I got set nine balls and I put nine balls away and I was like, and the crowd was, you know, just, it was just galvanizing, and that rush—just everybody, just just screaming your name. One guy actually let, literally left the bench to get on the court and gave me a high five and went back, went back to the bench, you know. And everybody just like, all right, leave it, hey, leave it alone. We're a family here, you know. So, but in Germany, right. particularly in the military community, a lot of talent from um, Isla Samoa. Um, a lot of well, time I was going to say I've
1: heard of a lot of military mm-hmm. groups, a lot of yeah. a lot of Samoans, a lot of Samoans playing playing volleyball. So uh, yeah. yeah, it's kind of interesting you said that. I was not, you know, yeah. thank you for your service. I wasn't aware that you had been in the military. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a huge military buff. I mean, I, I had a um, guy that I graduated with uh, who was uh, I don't know which SEAL team. He was a commander of one of the SEAL teams. Uh, another another buddy of mine. Uh, uh, flew, uh p3s yep uh, so you know and, and i i would always watch that military channel i mean mm. i love i love that stuff i tried while i was playing i tried to get over to uh you know uh, iraq and 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 do some you know just cheer, cheering up the boys yeah you know? some and uso stuff I was, yeah you know, i was very i was very close to getting you know getting over there but it, it never happened unfortunately
0: right yeah. Uh, well, James Barker, who we were talking about, that, that yeah. talk about talk about someone who's about that life. Yeah, that. Well, me, I knew I was going to serve because um, every male member of my family served all the way, dating back to as far as I can really remember, honestly, uh, probably World War One. I. I had both grandfathers, World War Two, Korean War, my father, Air Force. I got a kid sister, just the uh, first female in our family, did two tours in Afghanistan. Um, I was a generator mechanic, and I supported MI. I supported military intelligence. Wow. So when they had to go somewhere, I went with them. You know, me and a Humvee mechanic, and anything right. broke down, we fixed it. And you know, I brought the propane grill. He brought the Nintendo. We played some video. You know what I'm saying? We played some video games until something broke down. But, but man, Barker was a Barker's about that life. He 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 was um, with the Blackhawk crew. Dude a Blackhawk wow. a Blackhawk operator. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I've he told me yeah. some good
0: stories, so uh, yeah. it's pretty cool. He, he is cool. So we're going from the 80s to the 90s in your career. You win multiple tournaments. You win actually King of the Beach, which is one of the first tournaments I've seen you play, probably after Madison. I don't know if that was before Madison Square Garden or after Madison Square Garden. You played a game in Madison Square Garden. That was after. I was at that. I was at that game, by the way. I, um, I'm sorry. I was at that game, Madison, the Madison Square Garden okay. one. I was at that yeah. match. In fact,
1: that was that was kind of interesting because yeah. the, the thing I remember the most about it was uh, the night before there was an event in, in Madison Square Garden. I can't remember what it was,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but they had all of our dirt or well sand <laughs> outside, you know. mm-hmm. um, and it hadn't rained or got some. It rained and they, it got wet a little bit, but then it froze because it was really cold. Mm-hmm. And when they brought it in, you know, we were playing on it and we found some little chunks of ice in it.
0: <laughs> in fact, look, we got a video version of this. Okay, DJ, spin that stuff. Tournament standard fare. Is that it? No.
1: Is this the I think interview? that's the yeah, that's probably the intro to it.
0: I want to get to the last play though. No. Oh. It was a time clock and you <coughs> man, you murdered this ball. It was was the down flick. the
1: line one? Yes.
0: Oh, right here. It's all
1: knotted up at nine. Let's see what Jose can do.
0: That's a good serve, Here's by Kawhi. the way. It's Jose with the block.
1: Blocked and what a dig! Johnson with
2: the block. Look
0: at the crowd in Madison Square Garden, dude. That's like, dude, that's like a Knicks game crowd. That, <laughs> right? That's, dude, yeah, that's a was... Rangers game right there. That's a, dude, that's a Charday concert.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was packed. I don't know how many were in there, but it was it it was fun. It was it was electric in there.
0: That's for sure. Yeah, that so that was the first time I saw you uh, play in person. I, actually, the only time I've seen you play in person um mike dodd was there he was heavily involved in getting that to madison square garden um chi dimaggio who was like a, a new yorker who was in, playing in um mid-level women's player i think she she only finished the highest she finished in the avp was fifth that was the best she could do but she was you know doing her thing and she was in new york so and it was great to see you uh first time I saw layola i've seen karch a bunch of times um i was actually in the at the olympics in 92 so i got to meet a lot of um the the '88 guys that Karch played with that that stayed in the Olympics, um, I was on an end around mission with the Italian Army. We I wanted there. to be there in '92. Yeah, yeah we want. Won- <laughs> you should have should have been there well, in '88. It,
1: it, it kicked me off the team. You know, I took a. You know, a lot of people don't know, but you know, when I was on the national team in '88 and '89, um, I got an offer in '89 to go over and play uh, professionally over in Italy. Right. And you know, I was struggling to make make ends meet. I wasn't, you know, I'm not living large, playing on the national team. I'm, I'm no. living paycheck to paycheck. And I was actually having to pay to play on the team. And there were some guys that were playing, you know, I was playing in front of that, you know, have gold medals. And they said, that's just the way it goes. And I said, well, okay, I, I got to make, I got to make a living. So I left and they said, well, if you leave, you are banned from ever playing on the national team. And I said, okay, I guess that's, I mean, I got to do what I got to do. So I, I did. And, um, I think it was a great decision I'd heard, you know, like Manhattan, I think it was in 93 or something or 94, you know, when Fred Stern was taken over, they said, well, you know, Marlow and Sunderland are like, well, you know, they can really use you know Adam on the national team and he's welcome back. And I was like, it's like no, I'm one's not. Ever talk, no one's <laughs> ever talked to me. First of all, no one's ever talked to me about it. Right. And, I, and I was bummed. Cause I'm, I'm a huge, I mean, you know, every summer I I dedicated my, my summers to, you know, the world university games or or the junior national team. So, you know, I I was into it, but you know, things happen and and I was a bad boy, but shortly after that, everybody was able to go over there.
0: I got to tell you, well, you played in the Italian league in 1990. Did you play in 90? That was there. Yeah. 90. Yeah. There was, let me tell you something. It's, well, we all know it's like mob money, right? So basically, it changes over like every ten years. So that time period, the Italian league, and then in the two thousands, it was Russia. Russia had the, had the, the the big money league, and now and now it's Italy again. So so three decades, it just changes. I think the money just changes over right. when the gig is up, right? The money changes over to like a different country or whatever. And this and yeah, I, so, I had
1: a great time over there, though. Yeah. Uh, I got married. I married, married my wife over there, so oh, it man. was. This
0: is pretty awesome, yeah, I, look, I was in Sardinia, a military operation with the the Italian army at the time, and and we spent our last uh, seven days on the beach, just r and r. the the mission yeah. the mission got done early. You know what I'm saying? us in the Italian army we were exchanging gloves, knives, you know, hats, boots. we were just just doing this exchange thing and and that was ninety two. I, I i um I got yanked off the volleyball team actually because they didn't have any generator mechanics for this mission. And I'm uh, like, I'm like, you got 200 and something soldiers and no, and uh-huh. no damn generator mechanics. So I got yanked off the team and I'm sitting on a hill full of yucca bushes with a guy who doesn't speak English. I don't speak Italian, but we both spoke, <laughs> but we both spoke Spanish. So that was. Yeah. Well, that but, was, well and, and I did yeah. the same thing. We,
1: we mm-hmm. uh, When I was on the national team, uh, we went to France and our interpreter that we had didn't speak English,
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> but
1: she spoke Spanish. And I. I. I, I i understood spanish enough i mean i took it in to college and stuff so i was dialoguing with her in, in spanish mm. which i thought was kind of fun.
0: so the second time i saw you play was the goodwill games um that was 1998 that was in new york mm-hmm. and they had a brazilian team um what the Americans would call relative unknowns, but um, I mean, Brazil, New York has a huge immigration population, so I I did know who they were. It was um, Rodrigo um, uh, Parra and Guilherme um, Marquez.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, and Marquez, and it was crazy. Like the shorter guy did was the full time blocker, and like the taller guy was like the dig and trans hitter. And I saw them play Sinjin first, like one game to fifteen. They won fifteen to, and I when when I saw that game, I said, "Man, I hope AJ and Cartrid are watching this match." <laughs> Man, how how good was that team? You ended up playing them twice. I think you played them somewhere in, in the middle of the tournament. You played them at the end. Um, I don't know. What the hell was so good about that team? It was, it, 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 were they just no frills? Or, uh, I mean, I'm taking you back, and I'm sorry about that. That was a yeah, long no, time I'm, ago. I
1: mean, I'm trying to remember it. I mean, I know we lost, yeah. um, but uh, I don't remember the score. Hopefully it wasn't 15-2. to two, But uh, No, no. <laughs> um, that was Sinjin,
0: think... and um, and I don't know who his partner was in the Goodwill Games. but
1: Okay. I was like, um, You know, from what I can recall, I mean uh, – who was doing the blocking, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, you know he had a great jump. So I mean, you know, I'm one of those guys that if you're if you're small, like I've always, been, I'm six three, I've always been small. They've told me I've been small since I started playing. Okay, whatever.
0: Yeah, they're, um, they're ridiculous. You know. But go ahead.
1: But if it, but if you're not giving up points, you know, go for it. You know, I, I let, let my kids. I had a, I had uh, on on my sixteens team two years ago, had a girl that was five two. She's bombing from outside. She, she played beach and she's bombing and she blocked better than anybody on our team. So, you know, I, I let it go. But uh, I think that they just, uh, you know, maybe we we might have taken it a little easy or something. I, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Um, they were good. Uh, I'm not, you know, I can't, can't take anything away from them. They were very athletic, made some great plays, um, caught us off guard. Uh, yeah, and the and, and the
0: sand temperature was 110 degrees. It was it yeah, was it was Europe in the summer. You know, man.
1: and, and yeah. of course uh, that that always plays a part. But it, it, you know, it's the same for both. You know, I remember Kent and I played down in Brazil at the at the FIVB World Championships, and it was like 127 on the court. It was, I mean, they they sprinkled the court down, and then you could just. Feel it, the water evaporate, and, you know, go up into your in your glasses. You're, it was just crazy. You're just, like, you know, you know, you're like, just gotta, trying to, like, take my, my glasses off and defog them. You know, it, it was, uh, that was crazy. <laughs> crazy hot.
0: Oh, man. So I like what you said about your player. Um, there's two things I wanted to say about the whole height thing. One, everybody says this guy's undersized, that girl's undersized, this guy's undersized. But when it comes to the time to vote for, like, best player of the tournament, best player in the world, best player Olympics, best player of this, Why? it's always the guy who's 6'2 or 6'3, right? In 2004, it's Jiba who's 6'2. I mean, for uh, and you know, in 88, I don't know if it was cartridge, but if it wasn't, it should have been. Um, you, multiple-time, you know, um, um, pl- uh, player of the year, or, or certainly certainly at the top tier. You're one of the last teams left. And I, I find it ironic that whenever they're looking for the best player of the tournament, it's not the mythological beast it's it's the guys who, I'm not, I'm not gonna say average height, but but slightly above average height, like Bruno well, Bruno Oscar Schmidt graciously listed as six feet tall, right? One um they won 2016. He was he was a tournament MVP. So sorry, guys. yeah. Well, I think
1: I think from an in, indoor standpoint, at least, um, you know, the big guys usually are only playing half the game. Right. The, the outside hitters or the libero's nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, are playing you know all around. So I think that that plays a a pretty big role for you know players like myself mm-hmm. uh, to get recognized because we're out there a little bit longer than than the than the big guys, if you will. Right. Uh, unless the big guy is just putting everything down and blocking everything, you know. Right. Like you
0: know, that's, do you, that's a different story. Like you still follow A V P, right? Who who would you say is the best player, in, uh, the best individual player in the A V P right now? It's probably it's maybe still Phil, but but maybe yeah. but maybe Taylor Crab. Who's 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 all around game? Um, actually, I think me personally, I think it's his brother. His brothers are more um, brings more tools to the tool, you know, brings more tools to the toolbox. But it's no, it wouldn't be a surprise if player got if Taylor got player of the year, and Taylor's not Taylor's not a giant, you know what I'm saying? Right. I, I don't
1: um, even know how tall he is, yeah. but he's uh, he, he's he's a good player. Yeah. That's for sure. Any one player
0: of the year, and and for Long Beach State in 2013 again. The, outside outside hitter, it, the normal that, guy. Some,
1: yeah, outside hitter, somebody that played all around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that that's, I think that's, of course, more valuable than, it, I mean, it's, uh, you're splitting hairs, I think, you know, because who's to say, you know, if the setter plays all around, you know, is it, he not the MVP? Right. You know? So, I, it, I don't know.
0: So for indoor, indoor, you're right. Like, team comes into play. Everyone has a certain role or whatever. And, and, sure. and someone has to be voted all-tournament team. Someone is eventually going to be MVP. I mean, you know, in 2008, I thought Clay Stanley did a really good job in the finals. You know, I thought Riley Salmon was, fun, was fantastic against Serbia Montenegro. In fact, I don't think there is a Sam in finals without him doing uh, those certain things. And um, I guess I'm going back to the whole club thing. I talked to a coach, Brian McDermott, Chicago, um, Chicago coach. He um, Progression beach volleyball. He actually showed the Department of Health uh, the how safe playing indoor beaches, social distance and this and that, and made national news. So I had him on the podcast. And he said the thing he despises when coaches line up a whole bunch of kids against the wall. And, you know pointed this kid you you'll never do this you'll never do that you never do this and when he was talking about how how much it upset him i I, I share his sentiment I as a coach and I'm going to give you the floor in a minute because this is said way to ask him my question I as a coach I will never look at a kid and tell them they can't do something but I will look at the kid and say look you're five eight you're gonna probably gonna be five nine. Um, I'm not gonna lie to you. Outside hitters aren't aren't are not that are not that high at the competitive level, but if it's what you want to do and if you want to put the work in, you could do this, do this. I'm gonna give you my guy. You know who won the box jumping competition? Uh, of course, being the best passer on the court goes without saying because you can't. If you're undersized, it's because you're the you're a Riley Salmon. Um, so. I will never tell a kid they can't do something, but I will be realistic and say, this is what they're looking for. But if you do this, and if this is what you, this is what you want, you have to be put in the unfair position where you have to do it, where you, your finish line for the hundred meter dash is 150, you know, Um, your thoughts, your sentiments on, on how you approach some of these kids and the floor is yours uh, at AJ. Yeah.
1: uh, i I mean, you can probably just rewind what you said. Uh, I I would never tell anybody that you're never going to be able to make it. Uh, I'd let them know, you know, what kind of battle they have ahead of them Mm -hmm. um, and and do the exact same thing and say, Hey, this is what you need. This is what I believe you need to do. You need to do this, 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 and this, um, and kind of go from there and, you know, I'll I'll be there for you. You you let me know what you want to do. I'll, I'll, you know I'll guide you to the best of my ability um, and and whatever happens happens you know if you can look at yourself in the mirror and say you're giving hundred percent effort and, and it doesn't work then then it didn't work but if you know if, if you if you say well, no I'm not giving 100 hundred effort then you know right there you're not you're not giving yourself that opportunity but I, I'm not one <clears throat> I'm not a coach that's gonna ever guarantee a scholarship to somebody. <laughs> in club you know I, i'll say i can give you the I, I can expose you i can give you the most exposure out of a lot of people or something to that extent and you've got to be the one that's gonna you know show up and and, and show them your stuff um you know those kind of things but yeah no i i mean that's just i am not that type of person because you never know i mean i the thing if i ever if if i ever did which i never would but if i did and that person came back to me years later and said i did it, i would say you are that's awesome congratulations you proved me wrong you know but i would never say that in the first place so uh that that situation would never happen
0: no that's that's good to know and that's honestly that's ex- exactly the kind of coach I thought you were and that's exactly I mean from the only from the outside looking in I can only talk I can only see what my my eyes can see that's kind of like what I thought you were you were kind of doing down there in Austin having a good time you know with with other good coaches like that I think Bobby Jones is uh, project served is um doing um I do, and I really, I think it's so weird because I've never seen him as a coach. I've known that guy, Bobby Jones, for like 10 years when he was modeling, doing, you know, with the Lenny Kravitz Afro and everything. And for me, I've always thought, and I'm not trying to disrespect him, but I always thought players that coach, that jump in the coaching are never going to hurt your game. They're just levels of how much they can help. I mean, for the most part, they're not going to hurt your game. And I'm like, how much can Bobby help? What how, what the hell is Bobby gonna do that's gonna help someone any more than someone you know who's who's been who's been in, in you know neck deep in coaching and he just I just think people surprise right people surprise you you know I'm very very happy with the the work he's doing there in Texas I'm very happy with the work you're doing in Texas I'm very happy James Barker guy drives two hours and ten minutes a day uh, to get yeah, to get to get to practice that is. That's crazy. That's dude, but that's that's that Ranger Up stuff, man. You know, right. Um
1: Well, and, and we had this conversation because there's a place up there that he's looking at to uh, to hopefully get some people uh, uh, to help him out with. You know, it's a it's a it's a, a, a beach. You know, I think it's like I think we measured out to where it could be five beach courts. You know, at this park that's right. you know the beach courts are totally run down, but he he wants to redo it and, and get it up. He said, "If you did that, then you'd probably move down there, which which would be smart. <laughs>
2: you know, because yeah, two
1: hours there and back. I mean, that's that's yeah. a lot. You know, uh, I mean, definitely got to be dedicated and, and all of the above. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I I mean, I would do that if if I had an opportunity right now to go somewhere. You know, I don't know, maybe send maybe two hours is quite a bit. I mean, <laughs> but but if you did it twice a week or something for a while, you know, it was." Maybe you're looking at the long, the, the, the big picture. Yeah. You're looking at the next few years if maybe you're going to move to that place. Yeah, I'd do that.
0: It's also about what what your state of mind and, and the time in your life is, right? Like, look, I'm 50. All right. I'm going to be 51 this year. Oh, month. you're old. Yeah, man. No, I know. <laughs> I, dude, the, I, I read the Bible and reminisced, man. It was, it was, I'm, I'm just, I'm up there. Uh, <laughs> but um, I'm not. i'm probably not gonna drive two and a half hours for a volunteer assistant position in my in this point in my life if if i just moved here you know of course i'm i gotta pay dues all over again they don't care what i did in new york i kind of get that and i knew even at 50 i knew they're gonna make me pay dues all over again or whatever but but i'm like nah lmu john that's 40 minutes away i could do that you know um irvine concordia maybe not you know Jeff Alzina is a Santa especially, Clara. especially with all that
1: traffic, man. Ooh. What I know the that you,
0: What the hell do these people do to or, or do? What the hell are they doing two o'clock in the afternoon? That that is jam packed right. like that. Where the hell are these people going two o'clock in the afternoon? And this is a New Yorker, in, Adam. Well,
1: even back in in the '90s when I was playing, if you know, I, I always played with somebody. A lot of the times up in L.A., Manhattan or whatever, we we play there. If I didn't get on the road at five forty-five, <laughs> yep to get there at 6.45, basically, and then go have breakfast. If I left at 6 o'clock, I wouldn't get there until, like, 8.30. I mean, it was just crazy. So I'm not one that likes likes to sit in traffic at all. So I I always left early. Well, Adam,
0: Adam, New York is different because you – if I lived on 87th Street and I'm trying to get to the village, I get on the one train. I'm there in 17 minutes. Right. The the, the one train runs. It runs every
1: six minutes, dude. Yeah, I would love to do that. You know, if I lived in a situation where yeah. you know you could do public transportation like that, and it's it's pretty pretty yeah. easy. I mean, you know, when we went to Japan and, and places like that, we, we took their 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 stuff all 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 the time. You know, it's fun. Yeah, boom, there you go. You're there. You're there. Yeah. You know, wherever you're going, and uh, makes it a lot easier.
0: Let me tell you something cool. In New York, if you own a car and you live in the Upper West Side, there's something called alternate side of the street parking, meaning the street sweepers have to come through. So, what everyone does, they all, all the cars that are parked in that lane, uh, where where the street sweepers come they all pull into the middle of the street and everyone sits there they, they have their coffee they're reading the newspaper the street sweeper goes by and like synchronous swimmers they all park <laughs> at the same time there's always someone who tries to swoop in and take your spot and then you know sure. then were, we're ready to uh, throw down I can you know? only imagine. like hey yeah. hey ass you know hey asshole you know
1: that's, yeah that's not gonna that's not gonna go down that's not gonna go down um that would be, yeah that would be cool.
0: Cool. I know we we only, uh, I don't know how much time you have left, a little bit of time, but I do want to um you I got these, all the time in the world. Oh, man, that's good to know because there's, there's a very, very important thing I wanted to talk to you about that's, to you and me, is just conversation, but it might be worth listening to someone else. When you play beach volleyball, all right, all these these accolades. I actually watched highlights of like your King of the Beach run or whatever. I also saw uh, an AJ highlight film. You know, uh, Karch. Karch took a six-pack and two plays later he's on your team. He's bowing. I mean, just, just it's just, I feel like when I watch those games, I feel like I'm there. The, the crowd is intimate. They're emotionally invested. You you as players and as personalities back then took them, um, were willing to, to take them on the journey with you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, come on, hop on this train. You know, there's more than enough room. And when you lost at the end, they felt for you. When you won at the end, they celebrated with you. And it was this boom period of volleyball. Now, that's just on the emotional level, all right? Now, on the money level, I was looking at bvb.info, right? And and I noticed there were two big boom periods. It was like 90... Uh, at least as far as you were concerned, uh, just the start of your career. I only I only looked at yours. I can go back and look at everybody right. else's. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Early to mid-90s, pretty much 2000, and then dead, and then like 2008, 2009, another big boom period when i see, and when i say boom period i'm looking at six figures just salaries disclosed not not undisclosed not sponsors not um you know winning the potstown rumble or mother load or or, or whatever but um what the hell happened <laughs> what the hell happened
1: <laughs> there's you know there's i think there's just a lot of stuff that happened um you know i, I i've got my I've got my theories and all that kind of stuff, and you know I can tell you what I think, and, and people might go, oh, you, "You don't know what you're talking about," you know, kind of thing. Um, well, that's why it's but, called the option. You know, <laughs> this, even, this even, well, this even came up, you know, uh, on Facebook, old school. Uh, you know, Kent's putting putting out these articles, which are pretty cool, and I think Sam Magano, you know, he came out and said, you know, we used to be able to say, you know, the AVP, you know, we're, we're we. Are the best tour in the world, we have the best athletes, the best players in the world, which we did. And then there therefore we had the, the you know the money to go to go with it. Um, I think once we went to the Olympics and the FIBB then said, Here's how you as the United States or all countries are gonna qualify, and you have to come play on our tour. Now, in my opinion, this is just my opinion. Uh, And and like I said, there's other stuff, you know, bankruptcies and all that kind of mumbo jumbo people running the show and all that. But I think that helped FIVB become the number one tour in the world because now you have the best players from every country playing on their tour. So they became, I always use this analogy, they became the PGA and we became the European PGA. I don't know if you watch golf I do, but when I watch the European PGA, I don't. I, I rarely see people on the watching, like right. at, at the. You know, it's it's not. It, that's not my point. Being is, if I'm a sponsor, you know, I, I wanna I wanna sponsor the best, tour or the best athletes or whatever in the world, and so I I just think that was a part of it. I, I think that, and this is hard to say, right? Because we didn't have the money, we didn't have the camaraderie. But if we had all stayed together, and said no, we're not going to the Olympics. We're going to keep this lifestyle that we have, this whatever lifestyle. You know, the TNA, the, the 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 beers, the party, the atmosphere, and and just build that brand and stay here. It, it could, it, you know, we'll never know, but I think that it could have helped. Yeah. But you're always going to have you're always going to have a couple of strays who are going to go, you know, behind and go represent the United States. Now, are they going to be the best U.S. players? I don't know. But, you know, it all all comes down to money. Uh, And at the time, we didn't have, you know, things weren't going that way. And so, um, you know, hence the AVP tour now. I mean, we have three events this year, three events last year. I mean, you know, I've got a a pretty good group of uh, open-level players here in, in Texas. Uh, they go to the qualifiers and they try and qualify and stuff like that uh, that i train and, and they're like this is a joke you know you know we we, we want to get after it what, what can we do you know there's and, and everybody comes up with their own ideas and all this kind of stuff and it, it's it's sad it's really sad you know in my opinion it's really sad now i can look at it and say well wow, i hit it at the perfect time I, i'm reaping i reap benefits from then i'm reaping what what's happening with girls' volleyball now. So I, I'm okay with it, you know? And I can say that, but, you know, deep down, I'm sad. I'd love to see these guys make double, triple more than, than what we make. You know, that I, I'm that kind of guy. Me you too. Know, I know that there, was some, too. There, were some, there were some players that um, when I first came on the tour, I was kind of a nobody. And then I made the first three live telecast uh, tournaments, you know, finals in, on NBC, and I went from, you know, nobody to, oh, you're that guy with the hair, you know, and eventually everybody kind of figured out who was. But there was a lot of animosity with some of the other players that have been there for a while that have been, you know, 10, 15 years. And I went from, you know, in in, in a year and a half, I went to that exact level they're at from a marketing or not from a, you know, from a, a, a visual standpoint, I guess, or a markability standpoint. And like, to, like in today's athletes, um, his social media stuff. It's crazy, and 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 more power to him. You know, I think I love the McKibben brothers. You know, I love watching this stuff. I'm actually going to I get to play with one of them uh, uh, this this weekend, uh, Madison um, yeah. at the charity charity spike. Madison's uh, there's cool going to be some other AVP players yeah. coming out here. Uh, uh, Urango's going to come out.
0: Uh, Baranic probably right. With, yeah, he's with coming Gina out. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, there's there's a couple others. So you know, yeah. it's it's going to be fun. And, and, and I enjoy talking to those guys, and I, I believe they enjoy talking to me. Uh, we were out in a, in last October at Hermosa doing a four man tournament. And that was fun. It was great to be back yeah. out there.
0: Well, you said so, all the right names, too. Like when I think of Madison McKibben, um, when I moved here, I was writing the beat, or uh, beat reporting for a volleyball one on one for Andor July, UCLA guy in the 90s and he was the one that gave me my first interview because i was trying to do like a sports like a tuesday after the avp i called it um volleyball the tuesday after and the 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 guy the very first person that gave me that stepped up and gave me like the interview was him it was him betsy flint and and the mccullochs kevin and ali um and John Mayer, I knew from Mexico, but that's a whole—that's a whole—a whole, a, a whole other story. He's a repeat, a repeat guest, repeat offender. But the th- the cool thing about Madison, the, like some people are nice because they know it's good for their brand or their or their star power to be nice. And, and on a general level, you don't—you never know who you're talking to. But with him, it's very, very organic. It's real, you know. And I mean, I don't like using the word phony for some people because phony—there, um, there are levels of. Of realness and phoniness, like you can be polite and n- not like somebody, right? You know I mean, sure. you know, like New York. This is this is what they say about New Yorkers, <laughs> right? New York. Some, I, you, I, some, sure some you're gonna like say about New, York, New, New Yorkers: we don't like you. We're not gonna pretend to like you. We're not gonna be an idiot about it. But you know, but but at the same time, you know, we're not gonna go through the false dichotomy uh, as if, you know, you're my best friend in open arms. So, but Madison, his politeness um, is authentic. It's organic, and and I like him for it. And, and Eric Baranek, since since we're, we we just said Baranek and Gina, I could say the exact same thing about them. I met Eric five years ago when he was trying to get it in, and now, you know, he made a semifinals Manhattan Beach. He's still the same Eric. And and, yeah. and those and the reason why I brought him up is because they're good for the sport. Um, Amazon well, Prime, and, and I, like and Amazon Prime, good, is good for the sport. And, and I've had
1: some good conversations mm-hmm. with him to the mm-hmm. point where. You know, um, and, and it's kind of sad, you know, nowadays with, of course, with social media, um, there was, I, I think Eric Eric put on a, you know, one, one of the social platforms, him hitting a jump serve. And, of course, I saw that he foot faulted, right? And and, and so I said, foot fault, you know, just a just comment. And he goes, oh, come on, we need some, you know, and we need some,
0: Positive words of wisdom from
1: you, Adam, you know, whatever it was. And I, and I wanted to say something at the time and I can say it now probably because it's it's kind of fun, I guess. And it's a joke. Okay. Mm -hmm. Eric, it's a joke. Yeah. But you you know, give me some words of wisdom. And he had just buzzed his hair. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) He he cut that thing short and I was going to say, I was, I was going to say you should have left the dude. Right. (laughs) And, 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 and I think it's funny, and I can tell him, and he can see this, and I'm telling yeah. him it's funny. But if I put that down there, he might not take it like yeah. that, right? Or, or, we, or even know, not him,
0: other people reading it, right? It,
1: it, exactly. Yeah. And I'm just – it's happened – I don't want to say it's happened a lot because I, I don't do a lot of you know comebacks. And, and when I do, I make sure that – you know put enough emojis on there or whatever to, to let people know that I'm joking. But mm-hmm. – you know, sometimes it doesn't it doesn't happen that way. But no. yeah, but those but those guys are good. I, I you know, and, and it's it's fun that uh, someone is actually making a you know, help helping make a living. You know, for for what he's doing. And I I think that's I think that's very cool. You know, I do. I wish yeah. that we had that kind of stuff back then. Absolutely. Yeah. Am I and- am I upset with them because they have it and we don't? No. No.
0: No. <laughs> you know, come on. That's,
1: that's just that's part of life, and that's you know.
0: Yeah, That's well, was. him and Troy should be like a human sponsor machine, man. I mean, honestly, with their personality, like they should be a year from now, they should be coming to the court in NASCAR suits, <laughs> you know, just full of, full of freaking sponsors. Anyone looking for a good proctologist might want to check Troy's left leg. You know, just I mean, they personality wise, I think they do have a follow and I do think people would be interested in watching them and this and that and I um me like when I first moved here the way I got to know people I just I bought a camera I pointed at the game, then I started talking about talking about volleyball, breaking down the analytical. People agree with me, people disagree with me, but it eventually got me work. You know, Casey Red. Jennings liked what he saw. He put me off a of P1440 Pepperdine. I did all their home games, you know, and eventually people found that I was a coach. So I ended up coaching against Eric, three times in Manhattan Beach, um, twice twice in a qualifier. And then once in the main draw, I was Rafu, Rafu Rodriguez, Ed, Ed Ratledge's partner. I was his analytics oh, yeah. coach. And he's like, all right, enough. See, I don't want to see you anymore. <laughs> so so from the contenders bracket, all the way to the semifinals, man, that's uh, uh, you know a, a place where he grew up and he just had stars in his eyes, where he've always wanted to play, man. You, you couldn't have find someone more happier for him than me, except for maybe Gino Yorango and Bill, right. who was his partner, man, I was so, you know, and just like I was talking about you, the way you guys, were would invite people to take the journey with you. He did that. He's out there. He's high fiving the crowd. And and then, when you win the crowd, it's like, almost like a like you you watch the gladiator movies or whatever. You win yeah. the crowd. That's 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 the beginning of the beginning, man. Well, well it's you interesting know? because
1: sometimes you know, like uh, this one time when I was playing with Jose, we were playing um, Rob Hyder and Troy Tanner in the finals of uh, uh, the Jose Cuervo tournament mm-hmm. uh, in '96. And we had just had this dropout, just fight groveling clawing, scratching game against uh, uh, a and Ken. I think I think we beat him by two. I don't know if it was 13,11 or 14, 12 or 15,13, but we won. and, and before and we're in the tent, and, you know uh, uh, Troy and Rob get to sit around and watch us just you know sweating our tails off. And, you know both of us were just dead. We were dead. And, and I and I looked over at Jose. I said, "Dude, I'm I'm hurting." He goes, "I'm hurting too." And I go, "We got to come out and, and do something right right off the bat." Long story short, I mean, we beat them 15 to zero in the finals. Okay, you can go back and look at that one. First time ever. I mean, you know, you're talking 100 grand for the winner and 22 22 five for the losers. Yeah. And and it, it was it was it was an awesome match for us. But we weren't, the crowd wasn't behind us because we were destroying this team, you know. I mean, they were, but they weren't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Not like maybe in Manhattan or something like that. No, so yeah. It it, it it is weird and, you know, um, but, but uh, you know, the crowds are awesome. And, you know, I always stayed after and signed autographs yeah. and, and, and those kind of things.
0: You also had a look too that was inviting and friendly, you know. Like some people look at Karch, it's like, okay, he, he's, he's. You know, his match is coming up. I don't want to talk to him when the match is over. He looks like he just wants to go home. I don't want to talk to him. You know? <laughs> he always looks like he got his face always looks like he got something to do. Same thing I, I could say about Phil. And for those introverted personalities, I think that they're they're important for the sport too. those guys that just let their play due to talking. Um, and those players have to be the best in the game for for them to. To, to, to thrive or whatever. Well, a lot of people, <laughs> a, lot of people
1: a lot of people don't know this about me, but you know, growing up, I was very, I'm a very shy person, right? And so sometimes when you're shy, it comes across as being an a-hole, right? You know, because oh. you're just kind of, you know, yep. you're doing your thing, and, and um, I think that a lot of people during the time I played, at least the players, felt that way because one, and I'm just a little different. I go, I'm not here to be a friend. No, you know, I mean. When I it was funny because we had uh, I, I wore those foot digs when, when I got Nike and they they first came out. And I remember the first tournament where the sand was really hot, I had like three or four guys come up to me and say, Hey, you got an extra pair of those? <laughs> I go, Yeah, fifteen hundred bucks You know, and they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, Why would I give you <laughs> you yeah. know, why would I give you anything? You know? No, you're, you're gonna give comp- you an
0: advantage. In <laughs> my
1: competition, you know? I mean so it, 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 it's kind of interesting that way, but uh, but I'm I'm still you know everybody says how you know the people that I know of course they go you're not shy look at you you're out here talking and, uh, yeah because I've known you forever or whatever so, right
0: so it's, it's a pecking way. order right yeah yeah me me <laughs> I I think I was the other way around like I was always the, I was a shy kid until I was ten and then you couldn't shut me up since um. Uh, very extroverted in Indoor sixes. is and I have a smile. I can't I can't help but I have a smile that looks like a smirk. So mm-hmm. so I I came off as like an a-ho because I'm like this on the court. You know, I get a block and I'm like this and they're like, this dude really thinks he's that good. He really yeah. and you know what? And but at least for me, I ate it up. You know, and we lived in a time period where we had teammates that had our back. Like if there's a little trash talking on, on the net, or if I'm arguing with a ref, and and maybe I cost a little bit of momentum, uh, and this is something I learned as a coach and as and as, as a player later, uh, do I have a team, the next player is going to get ace because of this, right? right, and then and then I blame them I'm like oh y'all supposed to be backing me up, yeah, and really it's my fault because I could have just just let let it go and just went over, or do I have a team where it's giving Popeye spinach? So, you know, I mean, when I first started coaching, I was like every other per- coach. I was an, a good X's and O's guy. I can show you how to penetrate a defense. I'm, I was a career setter. I'm also, you know, left-handed too. So I was a pain in the ass in the front, front row. But as far as like moods, understanding moods and understanding uh, men, you know, performance through leadership, women performance through uh, camaraderie. Um, and... Just like some teams, like you play Brazil, maybe they're fired up if you talk shit. and Maybe you don't want oh, yeah. to, you know. And I, I it, it's crazy. I've been playing the game thirty years, and you're, year, you're nineteen. I, uh, somewhere you're nineteen, and you're twenty. I'm like, wait, there's an easier way to do this.
1: <laughs> well, it's kind of the, you, know, you, you mentioned. You mentioned. You mentioned Brazil and, and, yeah. and that thing. I remember this one time when you know I was just on the national team it was the eighty eight, and mm-hmm. you know, we were playing Brazil, and. At the time, I you know, these guys, they're doing these warm-up hits. These guys, these Brazilian guys are hitting, like, warm-up twos under the net, yeah. right, back under the net. I've never seen that before. And, and I was like, I'm like, wow, you know, like, whoa, you know, and, and, and Karch comes up to me and just goes, just watch, just watch. And, and you know, I didn't play. I watched. Um, but they, they went out and smoked them because their ball control was just, yeah. And our ball controls is way better than theirs. Yeah. You know, at the time at the time. So, two passer uh, system,
0: man. It was Yeah. It was divert- league was voted best passer in the Olympics yeah. cuz no one no, served cuz no one served Karch cuz Karch was right. better.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had to be good. I mean, yeah. you, trust me. I you know, I remember having to get to practice and practice from 8 to 12, you know, five days a week and the outside hitters had to get there or some of us outside hitters had to get there at 7. Right, and just be you know served that for an hour before practicing the start, so I, and, you know, I get that,
0: and even back then, serve was king, like I watched eighty eight uh usa Brazil semifinals for during the the medal run, which I think was the best indoor team ever assembled in my opinion uh, um the u s men you beat the soviet union, you beat you beat the the comp compilation of all those countries three to one right. you're, you're you're the kings so but Brazil they got to the semifinals jump serving people off the court they were one of the people they were one of the teams where they had four guys four guys on the court and two guys on the bench that that if they got hot on the jump serve um, whatever but when they played the united states they had 18 service errors and the united states had one so the united states had five aces one error and brazil had one ace 18 service errors and and even for side out you know, you kind of you, you get a good play, then you serve the next ball out, you kind of cut off your own momentum. So I think, I guess what I'm trying to say is we were talking about what great passes Karin Severtlik is. Sometimes when you have a good team passing like that, some people feel like they have to serve more competitively, and that's when they start missing. And that's where I thought the 18 misses came from. I thought the 18 misses came from the constant pressure of Karch and Svartlik, making it look easy. You know, which well, is, the same. You,
1: know, you can say that with any skill like. Uh, you know, I love defense. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's, uh, I love defense. Yep. So if I can keep the ball up off our side, it's just going to frustrate the other team. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing, you know, if you're blocking, um, if they can't get it past you, it's going to frustrate them to where they're going to have to change their game, do things out of their comfort zone yeah. uh, to try and change the momentum, which usually goes the other, the other direction.
0: You were, which, you were, look, you were the king of the one move. Like um, I was John Mayer's assistant at LMU, right? And we have these focus-based practices. So, like, for example, if you're passing, you got to go into the into the drill with a focus. Your, your passing focus is straight and simple, or holds your platform, you know, uh, or um, one move to the ball. But but your one move on the shot, um, was really really good. <laughs> I teach it. I the the your first step, your first step. The bigness of the first step that allows, that gives you instant speed, that gives you permission to slow down, as opposed to, you see some players, right, they step small, then the second step, they, they look like they're still in the same place, it looks like they're doing a running man, like the dance. Um, you're, you're, you're like the king of the one move, I, I teach that. I, I teach that because I watch videos of you. Um, John Mayer, um, by the way, also is a very good guy uh, as far as one move, um, one move to the ball. Yeah, you know, there's so many ath- elite athletes that even at the high level, I see them making like two moves, and sometimes they get it. But how many points are they giving up? Not just staying balanced and 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 one move. So, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I call
1: I call it the matrix base. You know, I'm sure you remember the uh, yes. matrix when he's getting shot at you know just watches the bullet
0: go by yeah and and so (laughs) of
1: course i I tell the people i say you know i go why does that happen i go yeah i know it's it's special effects it's a movie and all that but you know he's got his he's got a base he's able to keep his body you know in in, in tune with where he needs to be whereas if you have your feet in front of each other you're on a you know you're you're on a balance beam and if it goes one way then you're off balance so Uh, you know, that's, that's a huge, that's a huge thing that I've done for many years. Uh, and I try and teach that to, uh, the guys that I'm working with now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's hard, you know, because they're, you know, some of these guys are 20, you know, 22 to 35 that are trying to play on the, you know, the qualifiers and stuff. And it's hard to change bad habits. Um, but, you know, I'm trying and yeah. if, they, if they want to listen, it, you know, it'll help them out. But
0: guys, listening at home, people listening at home, that was the big court. <laughs> this, is a, this is a big court. Yeah. I, I mean, we're, maybe we're they need to Google search. Maybe they need to Google search what big court means because I, I saw some of the younger guys. Oh, he played on the big court, and they go like this kind of. I'm
1: like. We had a we, we had <laughs> uh, I think it was a couple months ago. Uh, we had our first annual Adam Johnson old school tournament. And we had, uh, I think we had 12 teams, if I'm not mistaken. You know, it was only, it was a small place, two courts. Um, but it, it was funny to hear, you know, everybody's like, first of all, wow, this court's huge. You know, we, didn't, we played with no antennas, so it was a little bit free, you know, like, the, you know, like 88, 89, whatever. But uh, but a lot of them were huffing and puffing, you know, after a, a pretty long rally. And they're like, we didn't even score that point. You know, we it's just a side out. And... and, and couple of games lasted a lot longer. They're like, I don't know how you did this. And, you know, everybody talks about, well, you know, you know, oh, you old school guys think you're so good compared to the new guys and, and all that. And, you know, you can't compare the two games because the two, I think, pretty completely different games, uh, except for the skill, of course. But, uh, you know, it's a fast paced game nowadays. and We played a, a slower pace, you know, long, long haul game of thing so could could the players today play old school rules of course they could they just some, to to some it. of it's them not could. it's not it's not that we were better athletes and all that kind of stuff and we were in better shape we were in better shape for that game mm-hmm. yeah you, i mean if you if you take some of the guys that are playing now and put them in a tournament with old school rules they're probably going to die because they're not they're not used to it that's all it's just bad it's just getting in shape so do i think that they could do it absolutely just like we could adjust and and did uh, from the old school rules to the new rules,
0: I remain impressed. Like as decades go and like certain rules change, of course the big boom of rule changes happened in two thousand one for indoor and outdoor. But we'll just talk about outdoor for now, right? New ball, the yellow and white ball, um, short court, um, and let serve and and block. Uh, block now counts as one of the hits. So all of those, it, it always did it did in the 90s. Oh, it did. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, st- I I stand corrected. I played a lot of grass too, so forgive me. Grass, grass. Block did not count as a hit for the big court. You know, I used to play in those tournaments in Sherwood. I played in the Potsdam Rumble a couple of times. Um yeah, but but a lot of like a lot of rule changes that happened in 2001 like indoor, the, the introduction of the libero, a let serve rule was allowed, um double hit um, was illegal as first contact though Carrie wasn't I, I really wish some of the referees knew the difference between what was what's you know caught and thrown <laughs> and what's a double you know what I mean that but that's, uh, that's and, why and I tried and, not to talk about indoor.
1: <laughs> well when they when they always change and you know I can talk more about <laughs> I'll give you a perfect example um, you know in junior volleyball at least out here you're not always getting people that played volleyball right so I give you an example this. This one, this one referee, you know, made a, a terrible call, and, and I, of course, argued it and all this kind of stuff. And afterwards, I talked to her, and I, I was nice, and you know, I was like, "Hey, listen, I'm just trying to help you out. You're gonna, I, I'm kind of nice. I'm pretty nice. You're gonna get crushed yeah. if you do stuff like this." And then she, she eventually goes, "Yeah, you know, I, I probably should have called a jump ball on that." And I was like, oh. "Yeah." I go, it's not, it's not basketball. I go, were you a basketball referee? Oh yeah, I was was a basketball referee, (laughs) you know? And so, you know, but I asked when when they, when they had that one net play or net, you know, rule where if you're blocking, but you're not in the play and you net, it's incidental contact. and, And I said, okay, so I, first of all, I asked, I don't know, three or four different referees, their interpretation. And I got, Four different answers.
0: Yeah. So those are the kind
1: of those are the kind of things that, that irritate and they irritate anybody. I mean I was irritated. So I said, so if I go up to block on the outside on the, on my right side, and the setter sets it back and I come down and break the net, so it's bouncing up and down, and then the got their right side hits it into the net or it hits it on the top of the tape. You trying to tell me that's not that doesn't affect the play? No it doesn't because it's on the other side of the court. Yeah. <laughs> What? That's ridiculous. So, some no, of those, but some it's of like those
0: rules. yeah, and for indoor it sucks because they're messing with your blocking lanes too. You're blocking momentum. Like I don't care if someone didn't mean to touch the net. Who who the hell in the play touches the net on purpose anyway? Uh, I mean, uh, and I didn't. And thank God they did away with that bottom of the net thing. That lasted about a year. And and the yeah. powers that be got rid of that because I don't think that you should have your pl- best player taken out for three months just for the sake of getting a points like we got good news and bad news, uh, Adam. The good news is you got the call. <laughs> right? Bye. Hey, but the bad news is uh, your, your guy landed on top of him because he's blocking second and yeah. doing doing everything right. And probably not going to see him for the next <laughs> the next two or three months. <laughs> I didn't I don't like come on. I mean, I, I yeah, they have to. and I think your complaint was let all the referees have a meeting and not have four different interpretations.
1: Uh, it, they, and that that has to be, you know. I mean, you know, when it comes to rules changing for the beach, mm-hmm. you, you know, I, personally, and, and it's not because I played on the big court or whatever. I just think that uh, I personally like to see the guys play on a big court. They can keep the ball, yeah. They can Keep the they can keep the scoring. Ball's you know, easier like on your thing.
0: shoulder, man. I like that, I like that ball better. This try to jump serve on a wet day. Try to serve a top flight when you know that's when not, when that's the what rain I'm just stopped. You know,
1: like, The Mm -hmm. ball that we played with, you know, if if, I'm just using this as an example, if I hit it 50 miles an hour, Mm -hmm. the new ball, I can hit it 60, 65 miles an hour. That thing had some, I mean, I can show you, I don't know if I could do this, but I can show you um, when I came back into, I stopped playing after the 2000 season. I came back in in 2005 yeah, and I got rocked by, I I can't remember who it was, uh, but I've got it on my phone and, and I show everybody because I, it's, it's funny, but that ball is traveling so much faster. And of course my partner was supposed to be taking angle, but he didn't. Uh, and so I wasn't really ready for it. And I, I just got, I mean, I got throttled square, you know, square in the face, Ball went over the net. Mm-hmm. Right. But I have, I, I had bad eyes at the time and, uh, I do have new lenses. That's why I'm not wearing glasses anymore. But, uh, um, my, my lenses popped out, and all I had were my frames. And Aww. so I put my, you know, I put my glasses back on to kind of play with the crowd. Like, okay, I can see now. I, don't have, any, <laughs> I don't have any lenses, in. and then that hit hit me in the chest because I couldn't see it, and I just fell over, like I died, because I got hit twice in one play.
0: Give me um, give me an example of a of a bizarre uh, yellow card you've gotten as a coach. We a we bizarre. could we could revisit a, the player thing, which would probably be more interesting. A bizarre of yellow card. Um, just something where, like, I don't know, where, where you, maybe you thought you deserved it, but you know, or not, or just or a reason they a reasoning they 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 give you a yellow card, well, which was bizarre. I
1: don't I don't know if I could actually I mean this 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 happened. There was a play where there's this uh, one referee. This is at uh, at. Uh, Lone Star Classic, big tournament, right? It's a, it's a qualifier and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and this guy uh, coaches at a, at another program. The referee coaches at another program, and they're actually his program, the team. He's it's not his team, but it's a team from his program that he's he's refing. And I'm like, this. First of all, this is not fair. You know, yeah. there's, a, there's definitely a conflict of interest. Anyways, so he, he's making he's making Terrible calls against us, not calling against them, those kind of things, and it just so happened that we had the the tournament director's uh, table or whatever was was right on the other side of our court. After he made a bad call, I walked up right before they were the other team was about to serve. I walked right across the court, you know, almost during play. I mean, he could have blown the whistle. I went up and you know, they, and then he blew the whistle and. And I went up to the to the to the tournament desk and said, "Someone's got to get out of here. This is a joke. Mm-hmm. This is a complete joke." Yeah. And so they had somebody come out and sit and watch. And he didn't make another bad call. <laughs> that's just how it was. Right? Oh my God! Um, come on. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, those kind of things. I, I don't know. I I've never gotten a red card. Um, I've gotten some yellow cards, but it's because we can't even talk to the referees anymore. So yeah, you can't say you know, boo on always,
0: Halloween. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I always have to get my – and this is the funny part because my girls are so nice. They won't say what I want them to say to the referee, right? So if they if, – if someone, you know, butchers a set, you know, I, I talk to my – I bring my captain over. I go, you got to – this is exactly what you have to say. You got to say, can you please tell me what was good about that set?
0: you know? Oh dear. That's a trap question for the ref. They'll go over there uh... and go, they'll look at
1: me like that, like, ah.
0: But that's a trap question for the ref. (laughs) Of course not. It's a trap question for the ref.
1: (laughs) You know? (laughs) But but my girls are too nice. And I'm like, you know, that, you know, I tell them to say funny things, you know, that are, that they of course won't say. Yeah. I'll give you a cute. nothing, Nothing bad. Nothing bad. I'll
0: give you a cute one. We, um, I was assisting my, one of my close friends at John Jay, very small uh, at that time hemorrhaging program for the men and we're playing a pretty good team, uh, Baruch, a, a program that I helped build. And there's this guy that's taking like 13 seconds to serve, all right? Um you know how the some of these guys with the jump serve, they have to bounce 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 bounce, hold it in front of them, stare at the ball for like another 5 seconds and eventually high toss in and serve. So I started whispering counting the seconds in my head and then my team started doing it and then the you know, side louder, of the gym uh, but it was like a loud whisper no one was screaming one right. they were go everyone in the gym was like one, but it was loud enough to two, where everybody could hear it 3 <laughs> 4 we get we got to 12 seconds and finally our ref gave me, gave my entire team a yellow card and um and I said, "What's the yellow card for?" And he's like, "Misconduct." And I and I got so mad. I said, "Why don't you draw a joker on that card and put it back in your back pocket? That's misconduct." <laughs> and everybody, everyone, and, and I'm and it's crazy because I'm an assistant coach, but I'm thinking like a head coach. You know, assistant coaches ain't supposed to talk. So I was already in the wrong, you know, because I'm because I'm doing my boy a favor, but I'm not, you know. I just got so upset that this guy gave me a card for him not doing his job, for him not enforcing the rule. The rule is eight seconds. Adam, you know, eight seconds, which you can grant nine or ten. Eyewitness accounts. <laughs> the entire half, half the gym. By the way, it was an away game. They just the uh, half the gym just enjoyed doing it. It wasn't even like a home game. So, okay. so that was a bizarre, a bizarre yellow card I got. And I also got another one. Mario Tree Bitch, who's a longtime referee. He's the head coach of the Netherlands, but he's this old Russian guy. And I met him, and um, he was one of my mentors. I came up to him and I said, I want you to give me a yellow card. And I'm going to wave my hand like this and point my finger. So this way, my team can see that I'm standing up for them. I'm not saying anything bad to you right now. But it looked like you know, from a distance, it looked like I was giving I was giving it to him. I said, I'm just going to point my finger at you. So this way it doesn't look like you're alienating me in front of my team. So I need you to give me the yellow card and do what you got to do. Okay, can you do that? You know, so yellow cards. So it was one of those things where everybody was like, you know, I was the head coach at City College then, and they, everyone was clapping or whatever. But right. so that was another, uh, an example of a bizarre yellow card. Red cards, I don't get them as a coach. I got plenty as a player, though. You know, yeah. you get them as one as a player?
1: Uh, <laughs> probably. I don't, I don't remember. You, you don't know, remember. I, 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 do, I do remember, I, I do remember Scott Akitubi that I played with. He, uh, <laughs> he, uh, Got two red cards to end our match against Karch and Kent.
0: No. Which I, was not, I was not match happy about point it. in game. Mostly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. you, know, you know, and I was like, you know, Jim Leonard made a bad call and and he said a few things to him and uh, he gave him a red card and wow. then it's turned like away another and one? Came yes. back to him and gave him another red card.
0: <laughs> wow. I was that like, was the game match. over. I'm
1: like, no, oh, that's cool.
0: You're messing with my money, <laughs> Scott.
1: Yeah. No, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: yeah. What are you gonna do? I mean, well, it Dane. Did, it happened. Dane. I had Dane Blanton on the podcast, right? And he told an interesting one about the semifinals against Portugal. Um, you know, side out rules, right? It took like close to an hour to get to ten ten. So Fanoi hits a ball who wide. Is he playing
1: with and who's he playing? He's against? playing with
0: Fanoi. It's uh, it was the gold medal run. So it was semifinals oh, against, okay. against Portugal. So ten right. ten. Fanoi hits a ball wide. They call timeout. The referee. Um, I guess, accuses them of taking too long and get, getting back on the court. The referee skips the yellow, gives them a red. So now, um, man, they're kind of losing their mind a little bit. Because so, now it's 12-10 instead of eleven ten. And really cool story, because I thought it was I thought you sh- they should at least get warned some referee I mean, you have to be an arbitrary prick to, to like skip the yellow and go to red. And it, it's normally a yellow. That's just that was a, to me. I thought that was an abuse of discretion. But the, the intriguing thing was instead of having them that having that finish them off, it actually fired them up. They got the side out. Right. Dane got an ace and then got an ace out of position four. Four Fono got a block. Then he got a poke dig off a jumbo, you know, trans out, and then an ace to finish the game. So the last five points were a minute and 40 seconds. (laughs) It took like an hour for the first, like, combined 22 points to have. And a very interesting story by Dane. But that was an...
1: Uh, And I hope, I hope those guys, I don't know what they did, but I hope they went up to the referee and shook his hand and said, thank you. He did. He told me that. that. He told you know, me that. He says,
0: he says, dude, we probably would, you know how Dane talks. He talks like a surfer dude. We probably wouldn't have won. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, he said, I him thanks. You know, Portugal should be mad at them. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, you know,
1: I, I was not a trash talker whatsoever. Right. Um, uh, you know, one quick story when <clears throat> we were playing UCLA, uh, my sophomore year, uh, in the finals of the regionals and the winner goes to the final four.
0: Right. Um, NPSF champ, right? Is that how it worked? He was an
1: NPF at that time. It okay. Whatever it was, I can't remember. But yeah, oh, uh, the top team already gets to go, and then we have our regional tournament to see the second team, and then they have the Midwest and the East Coast. Right. Anyways, we're playing UCLA and, again. I won't say who it is, but uh, he played on the. He ended up playing on the. Uh, he transferred from Hawaii to UCLA to get a to get a ring, right? And so we were, uh, I get set one-on-one outside, and he, this guy stuffs me straight down one-on-one. So they go up, they go up 13, 12, and he starts just going off under the net at me. Like, I, I was so shocked, honestly, I could, I don't even know what to say. I was just sitting there, and he's going, oh, Johnson, oh, we got you" I mean, there's things I can't. I don't want to say, of course. Not and he right. just—he was going off and off and off, and I—I I, I was just like, I don't even know how to respond. So I'm just going to go back and get ready to pass the next ball, which I did. We end up winning that set, 15-13, after being down 12-13, and then the next two, seven and seven, you know, 15-7, 15-7, and I, all I did was look at him, breaking right under the net afterwards, just breaking, and that just. Isn't it a great feeling? and I just ate him alive. Yeah, you know, and, and I loved doing that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah, I'm not a. Because
0: I, but. well, to me, the thing that, as a former player, the thing that would hurt the worst is that you have to put up with the, the nonsense, and you lose. You, you tell yourself somewhere in the middle, look. I, I, maybe it's an away game, uh, like you said. Maybe it's a maybe it's an agitator, or maybe it's a maybe it's a combination. All these things. The refs, you know, a couple of plays go their way, where the ref could go another way. Uh, they're playing out of their minds. Your, your your team's having a flat game, and all of these things. You're like, I. You know what? I can forgive all of this nonsense. Let me just just give me the win. Just give me the win, and 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 the and that says paragraphs <laughs> all right that says, well, I, uh, that, says that paragraphs you know,
1: for me me personally mm-hmm. the the guys that try and get in your head with that 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 chirping and everything mm-hmm. if you it, you know if you don't react to it i i look at it as as if they're looking at a mirror and it coming it's coming right back at them because they're saying well you know no, i'm yeah. doing all this stuff and he's not even flinching
0: yeah don't so be- now he's
1: starting to think and then gets in his head and at least that's the way i look at it no so you don't don't feed, the,
0: don't feed the trolls you know i mean the new generation calls it you know don't don't answer the trolls you know i yeah. mean I, i'm sure you we were talking about social network and like some 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 people like i've been doing color commentary for the last few years and i've been calling some matches and i, I i'll make well for me in my mind i always think i make a ton of mistakes because we're, we're all our own worst critic but but i make some mistakes and people just are just pounce on me and what you know what i do you know what i say absolutely nothing i don't you know i'm glad i got the attention i'm glad that someone wants to use this one small thing as a straw man fallacy you know to 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 try to make this thing that represents me as a whole it doesn't you know i'm just so but but i guess you know there's no internet back then but that's 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 troll feeding you don't want to give no no don't give them any more food sooner or later someone like that will have his own team turn against him you know in some instances your own team turns in you, and and you just look across the net and you do nothing to unite that team <laughs> you do nothing to take their diff to, to make them put their differences aside <laughs> and say we got to beat adam today <laughs> so oh man so adam let, let's get out of here where, um, where can people find you to know more about uh, the um the aja and, and just what you can, and just you what can
1: always seeing. go You can always go to our website, you know, www.adamjohnsonvolleyballacademy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go on uh, the same Facebook page. Um, and I think our Instagram is uh, Adam Johnson VB Academy. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, so uh, um, those, those are some easy ways to get to it. And, and you know, you, you Google, <laughs> don't yeah. look at the first one.
0: No! <laughs> <laughs> Look, the, but the most popular one was the guy who took Pelosi's, um I mean, just a big old picture yeah. or whatever. And it, it's so weird because there were a lot of violent people that day, but of all the people that I thought. That might have just in the middle of being, I mean, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. He just right. looked like he thought it'd be a cool thing to do. Yeah, like he just, and, just having.
1: He looked like he was just having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> viva Las Vegas. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's, it was
0: pretty
1: interesting. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I forgot that you know until you brought that up. And that, that was uh, that was his name.
0: Adam Johnson. All right, so for uh, Adam Johnson might love you for everybody at home, but I can't stand you, all right? In fact, I'm out of here. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPads or iPhones, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, old school. For all of you on your droid. For Adam Johnson, this is episode 95. This is The Option Podcast. Stay with me. I'm going to hit my music. Uh, but for now, thank you all for listening. We're out of here